the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Good day. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. With 2015 coming to an end, the focus for a lot of people this time of year is 2016. You know, let's turn the calendar and let's see if we can't predict things. One of my favorite people who has a pulse on the market is a guy named Art Cashin. And one of the things that he recently said was, look for oil to start the year week in 2016 but in the year strong. That's probably one of the, the most important things you can learn from investing and perspective of experts and people have done it for a long time and he's done it for a long time is that there's all these different styles of investing. There's small cap companies, there's mid cap companies, there's large cap companies and it stands for small capitalization, mid capitalization, large capitalization. Small capital co- capitalized companies tend to not do business overseas. Not always, but tend to. Uh, so if you're worried about overseas, you might go, oh, unemployment looks good here in the United States, but it looks worrisome in the world. And that's not necessarily the case because the world's had more problems recently than the United States. Thus, I'm not saying it's battered, weathered. And the same thing that Art Cash is saying about oil, you know, two really rough years on the price of oil, it might lead to some value. Two really rough years in foreign markets might lead to some value. The United States, you know, six, seven plus years of a great run on Wall Street. And this year hasn't been great, but it hasn't been down. Sometimes you, it's like a race. And let's say it's a 40-year race. In the 40 years that you're going to be alive investing, age 20 to 60, and hopefully at age 19 you're not investing, (laughs) hopefully at age 19 you're learning uh, how to tap a keg, Uh, hopefully you're learning about relationships and networking, 
versus much more so than winning on Wall Street. Um, so in those 40 years, there's going to be some years where large cap companies do fantastic. There's going to be some year, and then like for two or three years, they disappear and go sideways. Holy mackerel, there should be one year that those large cap companies just get slaughtered. And then mid-cap companies may have, you know, a couple years of winners. International companies, bonds, commodities, everyone gets their chance to shine. And what you're hoping is that over those 60 years, over those 40 years from age 20 to 60, 40, 20 to 60 that the horse race moves forward. So if you've ever been to a horse race, there's a start line and there's a finish line. And in the end, they all travel, let's say, a mile and a quarter. I don't know horse racing very well, so if a mile and a quarter is the wrong length, don't shoot me. Shoot the horse, not me. <laughs> is it true or not true that, let's say there's ten horses in a race, that they all cross the finish line? Some of them, early on, look like super leaders, powerful. Some of them have finished strong. That's your, you know, your asset classes. That's your equity classes. And that's why you want diversification. You don't want to bet on just one horse. It's a horse race where you can bet on them all. So this year's winner may be next year's winner, but it's probably not going to be the year after that's winner. Goldman Sachs is expecting that global economic growth will accelerate in the year ahead, rising to about 3.5%. That's not too bad from 3.2% in 2015. When you think about foreign markets and global markets, right now you keep hearing, it's dreadful out there, and please, Federal Reserve, don't raise interest rates because you're going to hurt the global markets. Turns out that's not so much the case. When you see 3.5% growth, Goldman Sachs is expecting the stabilization of the hard-hit emerging market countries and economies and a small acceleration in Europe and in Japan. For the United States, Goldman Sachs is saying, let's give the United States some credit, we are the world's largest economy. Growth is predicted to slow to 2.3% from 2.5%. So Goldman Sachs economist is saying, global markets are going to be at 3.5%, but the U.S. is going to be at 2.3%. What horse do you want to bet on now? China closing in on the top spot despite stock markets that are just upsetting uh, for much of 2015. To call them rolling markets would be fair. Uh, Goldman Sachs thinks their growth is going to be about 6.4%, down from the 6.9% that they achieved this year. Again, U.S. at 2.3, China at 6.9, global economic growth at 35 That's pretty interesting. Why is the United States the worst of them? Because we're going to slow. Goldman Sachs notes that the strong labor market increased confidence in a Fed liftoff on December 16th. It looks for the Fed to hike interest rates by 75 to 100 basis points in 2016 before delivering a further 100 basis points of tightening in 2017. So the markets right now are starting to factor that in, and it's going to be less steep Fed funds rate path than historically provided. 
you could look at some money policy divergence, and that tips the favor towards the European Central Bank and towards the Bank of Japan. They're loosening their monetary policy further. We had very, very loose monetary policy in the last, let me figure, eight years, seven years. And that's helped enormously. Um, but now we're going to tighten monetary policy, and some of the easy money will move to the sides. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, other things to note, stocks and credit. The analysts at Goldman Sachs suggest being underweight bonds and commodities. They still feel there's downside for oil in the beginning of 2016. As for risks ahead, they see a breakdown of the correlation between bonds and equities, further weakness to crude oil, and potential weakness in China's economy. Their quote was, we are in one of the longest periods of positive equity bond yield correlations since 1870. A pickup in inflation and monetary policies, uncertainty can drive rates shocks and less stable bond and equity correlations. Um, one of the patterns that they've talked about that they think we're going to see again, uh, they suggest growth in policy concerns are going to continue in 2016 and that a sharp dollar appreciation, the accelerating growth in China can increase pressure for more devaluations. The outlook for the economy, markets, and monetary policy in 2016, it's going to create some debate out there, but ultimately, again, it looks like they're pushing for China. China's got the most growth. That doesn't mean that's where you put your money in the stock market, but that's where the most growth is. Then you have emerging markets, and then you have the U.S. So we've been the best house on the street. Next year, it looks like we're, we're, we're due for a paint job, comparatively. Doesn't mean that we're a bad house. Just means we're much bigger, and we're also a little bit slower than we were this year. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I do a little television spot every day at 9.15 that I post on my Facebook and my Twitter and YouTube accounts. The YouTube and Twitter is Rob Black Show. It's YouTube and Twitter is Rob Black Show. My uh, Facebook page is cron for rob Black. I've got awful hair. It's just I can't do anything with it. Uh, it's worth watching for that alone. Yahoo, should you buy it or not? Most analysts see some value of up to about $42 in the share, and it's currently around 34 and people expect them to sell the company. So there is some upside. It's speculation because the key metrics of the company stink. So even though it might be worth $42 in right now, by the time it gets there, if they continue to lose their return on capital, their return on equity, their you know uh, net income, if they all t- continue to dwindle, it's not going to be worth 42. Um, 
So there's 24% upside, but time is ticking against them. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Um, Walmart has taken on Apple its own payment app. That's cute. Um, I feel the space is very, very crowded, and I don't know that we have a winner yet. Um, as much as I like Apple Pay, I don't know anyone who uses it. Uh, Men's Warehouse. You know what I love about Apple Pay is if you put your credit card into your phone, um, and let's say you're at lunch today, and you give your American Express to the waiter, they swipe your card, 25 bucks. You'll see it on your phone uh, that they swiped it for $25, and there's something reassuring about that. And it'll show come to your phone before the waiter can even get back to you uh, with the bill or with the you know tip and sign kind of part. Cord cutting is accelerating. By 2018, 21% of households won't pay for traditional TV. That is a demographic. That is a trend. That is something that tells you be careful. You know, as much as you think companies like Comcast are monopolies, uh, there's companies like Google who are throwing fiber in the ground to try to keep the pricing pressure on the guys, while youngins, people under the age of 30, they don't care if they have cable TV or not. They've grown up in an age where they know all about Hulu and all about Netflix, and that's just as good to, to them. They don't need 500 channels of crap, or what I would refer to as 10 channels of what I want to watch and 490 channels of crap. Um, ESPN and college football, uh, the playoff group, they've agreed not to air Daily Fantasy ads during the games. There will be no advertising for Daily Fantasy games during telecasts of national semifinals or the national championship game this season. College athletics are trying to distance themselves from you know, controversial business that critics say constitutes gambling. Um, it, it seems like gambling to me. Yeah, do I have a problem with gambling? I don't. But do we have to stop people from hurting themselves? We do. I think the first thing we should do is end all state lotteries for that reason. I'm shocked. I know I'm you're shocked saying. To find that gambling is going on in here. I know you're saying you want to end all state lotteries. What a Grinch! Uh, I know, but if you ever go into like a Seven Eleven at five in the morning to grab a cup of coffee and you see. Uh, electricians and plumbers, guys that work their 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 you know knees to the bone, and you see them buying you know two or three lottery tickets a day, invest that and you'll be rich. Uh, lottery tickets not going to make you rich. So some trends going on in real estate that we'll see in 2016 is home prices could stagnate. More millennials could buy home. There will be fewer houses available for buyers, and there'll probably be some more new mortgage loan products. Uh, will be invented because we love a good mortgage product um, as far as as a nation goes. And we will get ourselves in trouble yet again down the road by coming up with products that are you know, designed to help people, um, which is another way of saying, hey, I could also hurt somebody in this process. Um, I'm a little bit... The mortgage loan products kind of worry me a little bit. So as mortgage interest rates rise, the need for more loan products that don't require large down payments or years of mortgage insurance premiums are going to rise. Um, there's a real lack of programs out there for consumers to extract equity. The growth in credit has been occurring on the non-mortgage side of the table for consumers who have been able to leverage their improved credit into new cars or boats or personal loans, but not mortgage loans. So uh, you'll see that trend start to take place. Um, 
you'll see more loan products such as Fannie Mae's loan that allows for multi-generational families to spread the cost of homeownership by counting income of boarders or renters and other family members whose income is counted even though they're not on the loan itself. So it's kind of a crowdfunding um, mortgage loan. Middle-class Americans are now outnumbered by those above and below them, and it's people are falling behind financially. I don't think that's any surprise. Beginning of 2015 saw 120 million adults living in middle-income homes compared with 121 million living in lower and upper-income households. Uh, Americans follow, are falling behind. The median income of middle-income households fell by about 4% between 20 and 2000 and 2014. Uh, the median wealth, which is assets minus debts, fell by 28% between 2001 and 2013. Uh, just 9% of Americans are seen as being in the highest income tier, more than double the 4% in 1971. The percentage of American adults in the lowest income tier has risen to about 20%. So, uh, I don't know. Life's been good to me, but I think I've earned it, too. And uh, that may be a controversial thought. Americans are pretty downbeat, which probably means we're not going to spend a lot this holiday season. It'll be more disappointing than expected. Um, I don't know if I would play that. I don't know. Like, I don't own a lot of retail. I'm not a retail kind of guy. Uh, the retail that, you know, I, I'm in love with are discount retail. Not dollar store per se, because I don't think people really like buying junk. Um, but I think, you know, somebody like a TJ Maxx where you get a $100 sweater for 20 bucks. Uh, I think people like that kind of shopping. Uh, women, some women that I know, feel like they can find some incredible bargains. And it makes them happy to provide for their husbands and families, you know, decent clothing to nice clothing at a pretty significant price cut. Rovio Entertainment, they're a Finnish mobile game maker. They're letting go of their CEO who has been there less than a year. That's never a good thing. And the lesson there is success or failure starts at the top. And if your CEO starts 2015 and is out by the end of 2015, it's not a good thing. Rovio, you probably know from Angry Birds, and it had to, you know, it had massive success. Um, but it hasn't been able to, to replicate that, and all they've really done is come out with a movie that I hear is going to be pretty funny. Um, pretty good for adults as well as kids. Anyway, you can find me online at robblack.com. Find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. Find me on Facebook, uh, Cron4 Rob Black. K-R-O-N-4 Rob Black. We'll take a little bit of a break here. We'll come back talk to Chris Siaccia, tech editor of the street.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Joining me now is he's typical to do on Thursdays. Chris Siaccia, tech editor for thestreet.com. How are you, Mr. Siaccia? Good, Rob. How are you doing today? Doing well. Kind of cruising towards the holidays and watching the, the year end, which is always fun on Wall Street. Um, the Yahoo story has to be one of the, the biggest stories of December so far in the world of tech. Uh, bring us up to speed on what you know and what you think is happening. So just to get you know listeners up to speed on what's going on, Yahoo originally said that they were going to spin out their 15% stake in Alibaba, which is worth about $30 billion, and this caused you know Yahoo's share price rise you know for much of 2014. Uh, but 2015 has been a little bit of a different story, as there's been con- some some concerns about whether the company could actually do that and. Uh, if there would be a big tax bill for uh, Yahoo and as well as the spinoff, Yahoo was insistent that it could do this. Finally, uh, there were a number of reports that Yahoo's board held a meeting to discuss whether they could actually do this, and they wound up deciding not to do it. And in fact, they're going to try to spin out uh, Yahoo. Their stake in Yahoo Japan, which is worth about 10 billion, as well as the core business, which is seemingly valued at nothing right now by the market in an effort to, to boost the share price. So we'll see what happens with that. But Yahoo said that that process could take, you know, at least a year or more. So Yahoo shareholders right now are kind of in limbo. What's going to happen, in your opinion, Marissa Mayer? Is she there in six months, or is her time winding down? I think she gets at least another six months. Maybe she gets, a, you know, the full year for this, um, you know, this spinoff to happen. What happens with the business itself is is anybody's guess. You know, I I think that you know we could see you know the sale uh, a sale of the core business happen. You, you know, to to a company like a Verizon. Verizon CEO has already come out, or their CEO and CFO have already come out and said you know they could potentially bid on it. You know, maybe another media company like the New York Times looks at it, or maybe somebody like an AT and T looks at it. Um, uh, I think that Marissa's had a really difficult time turning the core business around. We haven't really seen the results. You know, revenue's kind of been flat. Earnings and cash flow are not particularly great, nothing to write home about. So, you know, Yahoo's been this big company in Silicon Valley, but, you know, I, I just don't think that there's anybody that really can, can turn this around, especially in the public markets where drastic, drastic changes need to be done. As of July 2013, there, there's a point where things did kind of turn around for Yahoo. They became the most trafficked online property, beating out Google and Microsoft and Facebook and AOL. Uh, what do you think? Is, is it just inherently – it seems like Yahoo does have some things going for it, but it seems like it just can't get that traction or it can't get the leverage into earnings. Um, it's, not, it's not toxic. It's not like child – you know porn or something like that. It's, it doesn't turn people off. A lot of people go to their sites. What's wrong with them? You're absolutely right. I mean, they still have, you know, over a billion users, but the problem for Yahoo is that advertising, which is one of the two big ways that they make money, is increasingly going over to mobile devices, and that's where Yahoo badly lags. They lag behind Google or Alphabet, whatever you want to call them. They lag behind right. Facebook, and they even lag behind, you know, Twitter to some extent. Uh, so those three companies are, are taking Yahoo's, you know, quote-unquote lunch, 
and uh, you know Yahoo's kind of left with the scraps. They still have a nice desktop business, but advertisers are increasingly putting money towards mobile devices, you know, and that's smartphones, tablets, um, and you know things like that. And Yahoo really does not have this big, you know, mobile business. Marissa's kind of you know tried to focus on that, and uh, you know they've. They have this group called Mavens, which is this made-up acronym, um, which stands for Mobile, Video, Native, and, and Search. Um, and, you know, those numbers are up 50% year over year, but it's not really growth. It's just shifting, you know, revenue from one end to the other. So Yahoo really hasn't grown the top line. They don't have a big mobile offering, and they can't really compete with Facebook and Google. Uh, so that's really kind of where Yahoo's at. They they have all this traffic, but they don't know how to actually really generate revenue from it. You've got a little bit of work that you're putting together on Tesla, a company called Faraday, Faraday um, setting up a, an auto plant there. We haven't heard of them yet, have we? No, Faraday's kind of been like this stealth uh, electric vehicle maker. You know, they've hired some people from Tesla, they're backed by a Chinese company. They actually used to be the old, uh, uh, an older company that was bought out in Silicon Valley, and it's kind of repositioned itself to, to try and compete with Tesla. And they seem to be, you know, kind of modeling themselves after Tesla. You know, they're going to have this plant in North Las Vegas. Tesla has uh, is building the Gigafactory in uh, in Reno, Nevada, which will wind up costing them and its partners around $5 billion. And I said, you know, we'll see, you know, a concept car at CES next month that Faraday is going to have out in production in 2017. So, you know, that's probably going to be the big thing that people are talking about in the vehicle space is, is the relationship and the competition between Tesla and Faraday and whether Faraday is a flash in the pan or is actually a legitimate competitor to Tesla. What else are you working on right now? I think it's it's that end of year time where you might be uh, putting together a list for us. So yeah, so next week I'm going to have a big prediction list on what I think is going to happen in 2016, and you know just to give your listeners a little bit of a treat right now, um, right before the holidays, I'm going to give them you know one of the predictions that I have, and I think that you know Yahoo really is not going to be a, you know. Um, its own company by the end of next year. I think it does get bought, and I think it's probably going to get bought by AT&T. And the reason I say that is AT&T kind of hinted that they're going to have their own version of, you know, like a Netflix or a Sling TV or kind of like their own direct-to-consumer streaming service. And I think that Yahoo's ad technology, especially something like a Bright Roll, which Yahoo went out and bought uh, for about $500 million, can really help with that, you know, putting ads into that service. And, you know, once they do separate the business between uh, the Alibaba stake and the core business and Yahoo Japan, I could see AT&T plunking down a few billion dollars to compete with Verizon, which just went out and bought AOL about six months ago, um, you know, for a similar uh, similar price. So I think that AT&T does buy Yahoo uh, in 2016. You mentioned that Verizon bought AOL. Uh, does anyone use Verizon seriously as an internet portal? H- has there been any stickiness to that that acquisition? Is there anything that we should be paying attention to? Because I, it's just off my radar. They've come out with this new product called Go Ninety, which is geared towards millennials, and okay. that's 
you know, it, it has some channels that you would get, you know, like a basic cable bundle, but it, there's no Verizon branding on it. It's all geared, all the commercials and everything. There's there's nothing that associates it with uh, Verizon, and they're using AOL's technology and technology to actually put ads into it. So, I mean, you know, they've talked about it and they say it's working well, but of course they don't give any specific numbers, and that's probably because the numbers are too small to get right now. But you know, it seems like there is some traction there, and considering you know. Verizon is this humongous telecom giant, you know, buying AOL for, you know, a little over $4 billion and then getting the ad tech and then, and then what have you with, uh, with the AOL and web pro the crunch and web properties like that, you know, that's just kind of gravy for them. And it's just, you know, it's, you know, little experiments and Verizon can afford to do that given the, the company's balance sheet. Thanks very much. It's Chris Siaccio. You can find him online at thestreet.com. He is the tech editor for thestreet.com. Next week, he will have a list of predictions tied towards tech, and uh, maybe some tech stocks are, could be implied in there. When you say that Yahoo goes away, a big question that comes to my mind is, should you buy Yahoo? And if you take a look at the company and what, what could be spun off and what couldn't can't be spun off, um, there's not a lot of value when you strip out Alibaba, um, at least not yet. Now, could they get you know Verizon into a bidding war with AT&T to help unlock some of that value of the Internet portal? Uh, potentially. Yahoo's considering a plan to spin off its core business. It might be tempting to pile into the shares of the company. Um, and I get it. <clears throat> you know, The payoff is probably going to be sometimes in the next 12 to 18 months. Uh, maybe it's something you look at if there's big weakness in Alibaba. Um, but again, it's more of an Alibaba play than it is a how much valuation can they get for their uh, standalone business. So you want to watch their net income, you want to watch their return on capital, you want to watch their return on equity. They've all been falling precipitously over the past three years, and analysts expect just a 3.4% long term. So spinoff, not exactly guaranteed if you know what I'm saying. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Hopefully uh, you're having a good holiday season and maybe getting a little holiday shopping done this weekend. Uh, Netflix is one of those companies that, you know, a lot of people are sharing passwords. It's pretty well known and out there. Um, when will Netflix start to care about that? Netflix will probably start to care about that when their growth of subscribers starts to go sideways. Uh, Netflix is an interesting company. We don't really know how successful their shows are because they don't tell us. It's just, hey, we House of Cards, but how many people watch House of Cards? Well, I know a couple people, but how many real people? How many, like, what are the numbers? I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. More millennials are looking to buy a home, and that's good news for the housing market for 2016. 
back in 2011, just 65% of millennial borrowers wanted to buy a home. That number has now increased to 80%. Um, so that's good. That's a pretty big move. The question is, how much will the Federal Reserve's interest rate moves play into affordability? And, you know, have the millennials been able to save for down payment while the millennials have been paying off high college costs? Uh, baby boomers are working later in life, and that keeps a cap on the younger generation. How can they move up if they're staying in place? It's one of the thoughts out there. College costs are crazy. I think I'm not saying anything too wacky there. Right now, a private school is going to cost you about $120,000 for a four-year degree. A state school is going to cost you about $36,000 for a degree. And if you are out of state going to a public school, it's about 100000 um, And we're not seeing a lot of wage inflation. And a lot of first-time jobs start at 28000 Those four years that you're going to college, you're not technically, well, you might be working, but not much in theory. Um, losing four years of, of being able to earn income sets you back, but hopefully you get a degree that has you earn some income. Uh, but a lot of people are asking the question now, is college worth it? And I think it's a fair question. Uh, certainly you want to pick up some uh, life experiences. So, like, who doesn't, who doesn't need uh, to learn a little bit... Uh, about, I'll just be quiet about life. My, I'll, I'll be quiet about my life experiences that I had in uh, college, because uh, you probably don't want to hear them. It's my thought. Um, Obamacare is going to take an interesting twist this year. The penalties are starting to go up. In the first year, there wasn't much in penalties. Uh, in the second year, there's more. In the third year, there's way more. So if you don't have health insurance this year, you're going to pay almost a thousand dollars in in fines, a penalty of $969, which you start looking at that and that's like a, an IMAC, right? <laughs> you know, you put it in terms like that and there's a little bit of a wild card, you know, since the penalties can only be effective if people know about them. Many people outsource their taxes or only notice the total, not the details. And newly uninsured might not know that there's a penalty. So we're kind of in uncharted territory with what people are paying and what they're not paying and how much they're getting penalized in the process. United Airlines, in a site, in a, in a, a story that tells you that they're making a ton of money, they're bringing back free snacks. Woohoo! Free snacks! Oh, I feel like such a winner. If you're on a United Airlines flight that departs before 945, you're going to get what's called a, stu- a stroop waffle, which is a Dutch caramel filled waffle. And if you're departing after 945, you're going to get such savory snacks as rice crackers, sesame sticks, and mini pretzel sticks, and soy nuts. Mm. Um, yeah, that's it. I get it. United's not the only airline that offers complimentary snacks. JetBlue offers Doritos and Terra Blue potato chips. Southwest offers peanuts and pretzels. Um, it's a relatively cheap and effective way to garner some goodwill with customers, uh, which I think the airlines all could use a little bit more love in their hearts, because uh, I don't think anyone really likes the flying experience, but uh, they've certainly done well by char- finding f- things to charge you for. You know, the airlines make billions of dollars a year off of extra fees. That's 
all the power to them. I don't have an airplane. I can't fly myself. Uh, but it, it certainly doesn't feel good when you're told, you know, uh, your bag weighs two pounds too much. So you either throw away perfectly working clothes or, like, you're, oh, like, it just gets me mad just even bringing it up, right? So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Uh, taking a look at the markets, we're in the green. Um, oil's slightly lower. Ten-year treasuries uh, slightly higher at 2.22%. OPEC points to a larger 2016 oil surplus. Um, so we're going to have cheap gasoline for a while. Enjoy it. And, you know, when gas started getting cheaper last year, uh, or at the beginning part of this year, President Obama said, hey, Americans, make sure you save some of that savings. And if that's how you do it, that's how you do it. Uh, and, and I highly endorse. Um, nearly half of youth say the American dream is dead, according to a Harvard poll. Americans' youth are down on the future, with nearly half of them, ages 18 to 29, believing the American dream is more dead than alive. That's a pretty sour mood for our overall electorate. Um, I feel like I just snuck out at the right time. Uh, snuck out of college at the right time. I'm certainly thrilled with, uh, I had a father who expected all of his kids to go to college. I feel like I got my degree just at the right time. While the race or ethnicity of the polls respondents didn't significantly impact the results, the level of education of those questioned did play a role. 58% of college graduates said the dream was alive for them personally, compared to 42% for those uh, who, who don't have a college degree or never enrolled in college. So it's disturbing that about half of the largest generation in America doesn't believe in the American dream is there for them. And that's unfortunate. So will Trump say enough of the right things to get elected? I think it's fair to say that uh, Obama said enough of the right things to get elected twice. And that's where I have a little bit of a snarky commentary. That I feel politics is just saying enough of the right things. Uh, and then nothing really gets done. Or very little gets done. It's going to be an interesting, interesting 2016. I'm looking forward to it. I hope you will watch it with me unfold. You can find me online at robblack.com. You can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. Facebook, Cron4, Rob Black. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.